Good morning, St. Columbus. Happy 4th of July. You know, during the summer between my 5th and 6th grade, my sister and I and a few friends of ours were absolutely sure we were going to make it big. We were hard at work in our home recording studio, which happened to be my mom's room laying on her bed with a state-of-an-art recording instrument or... Well, maybe it was just a Panasonic shoebox style voice recorder and a new pack of blank cassette tapes. Our plan was brilliant. We were going to do covers of the best music to hit ears since the Beatles, Boys to Men's Top Hits. With her gifted range, my sister would sing all of Nathan's and Michael's parts. Crystal or Rachel would take Sean's parts, and with my unassuming charm, heart, and flair for the drama, I would take on Wanye's parts. I studied Wanye's voice and his hits, watched music videos that we illegally recorded off of MTV on loop to study his moves, his persona, his flair. To bid the summer adieu, my mom took us all to see Boys to Men in concert. I could not believe that I was going to have the opportunity to see Wanye in person. I had spent so much time studying him. Would he be the same person? Were we actually the same person as I thought? I could not wait. You know that old commercial for Disneyland where the brother and sister are going to Disneyland the next day and the mom comes in to check in them and they aren't sleeping and they say, we're too excited to sleep. Yeah, that was me, like three days going up to it. The entire two hour drive, we belted our respected parts. Have I noted that my mom's a saint? We got to the venue and you could smell the excitement in the air. Never mind that it was Phoenix, Arizona in late August. We found our seats in the ginormous arena, made sure that our mini flashlights worked for the songs that you need to wave them in the air for, making sure that they were ready. While some unknown artist named Brandy took the stage to open, we decided that we better just take the opportunity to go to the restroom because after all, it was just Brandy and we did not want to take the risk of missing greatness. As I left the restroom, there was a bit of commotion. I stretched my four-inch self to see what was going on, and there he was, Nathan. He was standing near the restroom signing autographs. I found my ticket and a pencil, because who doesn't carry a pencil at a concert, got to the front, and was the best cool self that I could possibly be in the moment. He said, hi. Then he took the ticket from the pen and the pencil from my hand and signed my ticket. I could not believe my luck. As I walked away, Nathan said, hey, do you want my brother's autograph? I looked over in the direction that Nathan had just nodded, his head towards a man in jeans with a white tee and his arms folded. It's just his bodyguard, I thought. So as to not be rude to this generous invitation, I politely said to the gentleman, nah, thanks anyway, though. 
My sister and Crystal came running up to me as soon after, and they could not believe that I had just gotten Nathan and Wanye's autograph. Wait, what? I had just told the persona that I had been working so hard on studying and imitating. Nah, thanks anyway. Because I thought he was just the bodyguard. To this day, I have not lived it down. Not because I don't have this autograph. I don't even know where the ticket is. To this day, the words, nah, thanks though, echo in my mind and at many family dinners. When in our lives have we assigned someone to just being a just, just the custodian, just a nurse, just a teacher, just a Baptist minister, just a son of immigrants who worked in manual labor, just a daughter of a teacher and a handyman from West Virginia who liked numbers, just a high school teacher who found himself suffocating in a proverbial closet into his 20s, just a carpenter's son. In the gospel this morning, we hear about Jesus's homecoming, a reunion of sorts, where he comes home to show who he has become. He walks in, puts a name tag on, and is eager to show his former classmates, his teachers, his elders, look, here I am, and here God is. Similar to a scene out of Rumi and Michelle's high school reunion, Jesus is not only laughed at, but Mark notes that people are actually offended by this. No, really, look, I'll lay my hands on this person and cure them of their illness so that you might know the Father. And even so, nah, thanks anyway. And he remained just the carpenter's son. Due to their inability to see beyond the just, Mark notes that Jesus was not able to do God's work or to bring the love, compassion, and grace that can only come from God. Again, when have we assigned a just to someone else? After Hurricane Katrina, our priest told a story during his sermon of a man who died. At the gates of heaven, he asked, God, I've devoted my whole life to you. I have cared for and loved all of your creatures. I have gone to church every Sunday. How could you let me die? I cried out to you day after day and you never answered. God answered, my son, what are you talking about? The first time you cried for help, I sent a message to the news crew for you to leave and you dismissed them because they were just the news media. The second time you called me, I sent a boat and you sent them away because they were just your worry wart neighbors. The third time you called me, I sent a helicopter and again, you sent them away because they were just trying to order you around. None of us are ever a just because no matter the day, the time, the season of our life, God is there. Even when we are not listening or trying to hide, God is there. Not only gifting us with his love, compassion, and grace, but helping us and hoping that we will share that with each other. 
we are a gift unto each other. If only we are brave enough to see that in ourselves and humble enough to see that in each other. You see, it was never just Ahmaud Arbery, just George Floyd, just Freddie Gray, just Breonna Taylor. It was never just Emmett Till, just Harvey Milk, or just Matthew Shepard. It wasn't just 215 unnamed Native children in an unmarked mass grave in Saskatchewan. That Baptist teacher from Alabama, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., taught us that an injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That son of immigrants working in manual labor became one of the first to unite farm workers on the West Coast. Cesar Chavez was essential in passing legislation which established the right to collective bargaining for, for farm workers in California, the first in U.S. history. The daughter of a teacher and handyman from West Virginia's work included calculating trajectories, launch windows, and emergency return paths for Project Mercury space flights, including those for astronauts Alan Shepard, the first American in space, and John Glenn, the first American in orbit, and rendezvous paths for the Apollo lunar module and command module on flights to the moon. Katherine Johnson's calculations were also essential to the beginning of the space race or the space shuttle program, and she worked on plans for a mission to Mars. And like me and perhaps many of you, Jim Obergefell had a dream of the job, the house, and the spouse. Though the world told him no, he chose not to hide. On June 26, 2015, Obergefell overturned Blake, requiring all states to issue marriage license to same-sex couples and to recognize same-sex marriages validly performed in other jurisdictions, establishing same-sex marriage throughout the United States and its territories. That carpenter's son became the central figure of Christianity, the world's largest religion. He changed laws, traditions, and culture, and what it meant to be a people of God. He hung out with prostitutes, tax collectors, thieves, and the afflicted. He welcomes everyone to his table. Full stop, everyone. He was the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. Through him all things were made. He came down from heaven, and for our sake, he was crucified. He suffered death and was buried. He ascended into heaven, and he will come again in glory. And his kingdom will have no end. He was never just the carpenter's son. And you, my friend, are never and have never been just you. You are a part of a holy family. You are sons and daughters of a God of grace and mercy and healing. You are the siblings of unconditional love. When we ask Jesus, but Lord, when have I fed you and clothed you? Ensured that you had a safe place to rest your head. Fought for your right to health care and a free and equal education. Advocated for your voice to be heard 
and for your children to be safe from fear of gun violence on the streets and in their classrooms, he will answer, truly, I say to you, as you have done it for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you have done it for me. Brothers and sisters, we are whole, creative, and resourceful. We are God's beloved and beautiful to behold. There is no just about us. So I pray that next time we think, nah, thanks though. May the only just that comes from my mind, our lips, and our hearts be love. Amen.